if you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Today's chat on Horse Chats is Larissa Bilson, who's been here before. Now, Larissa's talked to us quite a lot about feeding horses nutrition, and today she's going to talk to us about tips to minimise laminitis risk in overweight horses. But first of all, I just want to have a quick chat about International Horse College because this podcast is brought to you by International Horse College and horse safety and welfare are utmost importance to us at International Horse College, which is why we've included them in our value statement. Within our wide variety of horse courses, we only utilise methods that promote safe and humane methods of interaction between horses and humans and support only safe methods of educating riders, handlers and trainers. Have a look now at the online courses at internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352. Now, Larissa, tell us a bit more about laminitis. So laminitis, um, for um, those who were tipped off by grass, is is usually a problem in, in spring and in autumn when we've got um, very short grass and and the horses aren't used to the to the nice green shoots that are coming through. Okay. So I thought I thought autumn time might yes. be time to have a chat to to you all about. Yeah, autumn time for us in the southern hemisphere, and I suppose springtime in the um, northern hemisphere. In the north. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Now, how can we monitor? the fatty deposits of the horses. You know, if we know that the pony's already or it's usually ponies prone to laminitis, how can we monitor those fatty deposits or how often should we monitor them? Yeah, so usually one of the one of the biggest um, giveaway signs that mm-hmm. a horse is getting close to laminitis um, due to obesity is when the fatty deposits in the neck crest get large and hard. Okay. So if you've got a laminitic prone horse or pony um, at this time of year, I, I suggest it's worth checking every day. Just go out when you you know when you're checking on your horse and and um, put your hands on that crest. Don't don't rely on just what you can see. Make sure you have a good feel and so that you can observe whether it's getting bigger and harder or whether it's reducing um, on a day to day basis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, what about these overweight horses? Should we exercise more? What type of exercise should we give them? So just like with us, if if we're not too sore to exercise, then exercise is a fantastic way for us to lose weight. Mm-hmm. So if your horse is sound, if you've got a, an overweight horse that's sound, that doesn't have laminitis, then um, exercise is, is strongly recommended on a, on a day or at least, you know, a six days a week basis. Um, this, the science that's coming coming in is is indicating that it's quite hard work that those horses need to get. Often much harder work than we would typically think to be giving a pony, especially a small pony. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about at least half an hour, at least five times a week okay. in canter or fast canter, either ridden or not ridden for oh, wow. a, a non-laminitic sound mm-hmm. horse. So, so you know that is a really that is a really big workout for your your child's pony if that's mm-hmm. if that's the animal that you're worried about. 
if your horse is laminitic, of course, you can't work it. If your horse has had laminitis but is recovering, once once your vet gives the all clear, so your vet's going to be making sure that the hoof is stable enough um, to start to do some work, then the minimum exercise recommendations once that horse is found post-laminitis is is low intensity exercise on a soft surface. So you wouldn't be you wouldn't be on the road, you wouldn't be on hard packed um, yeah. or or very dry ground, but maybe on a sand arena or a ploughed area or something like that. Obviously not too deep because mm-hmm. you don't want to be putting extra extra stress on those sore tendons. Um, but then we're talking about half an hour, three times a week, usually not ridden. So we're not putting any extra weight on that horse until it's until it's well and truly recovered from its bout of laminitis. Okay. There, there are some other ways you can to move around, um, even when you're not working it as such. So if you're able to set up um, hay nets in different places around the horse's yard, if it's confined, mm-hmm. or if you can use a laneway system so that the horse is sort of moving um, around just in its day-to-day activity, that's all going to, you know, the time that it takes the horse and the, and the effort it takes the horse to travel from its food to its water if they're not next to each other is certainly better than no exercise at all. Okay, okay. And I'm just thinking about, um, you know, we always talk about calories when we talk about managing people weight. So the, being able to manage that total calorie intake, how should we do that? That's the really tricky part about managing these overweight horses when they're grazing grass. Grass can suddenly change in its calorie content as soon as we get rain and those those little shoots come through. So without being able to um, judge the calorie content of your grass on a day-to-day basis, you really have to rely on just watching your horse's weight gain mm-hmm. over time. But if you're lucky enough that your horse is still in a situation where you can keep where you can keep it grazing, um, you can use a grazing muzzle. There are some really good modern ones out there now that allow horses, you know, restricted access to forage, but still no hassles with them getting too hot or having problems drinking or breathing. Okay. Um, Again, those laneway systems are fantastic. So what I'm talking about with a laneway system, for example, might be um, your driveway. If you can shut the driveway off so that the horse can walk up and down a lane and there's there's none or very little um, amounts of of grass growing there, that's a good way to to keep the horse still able to move but on on restricted grass. If your horse is... Um, dangerously overweight or your grass you know is too too short, too sweet and therefore dangerous um, you're going to need to put it in a dry lot. So a yard or an area where there's absolutely no grass. Um, what we're trying to do is limit the total amount of food that your horse eats in a day to one and a half percent of its body weight. So if you've got a system where you have locked the horse off pasture altogether then you can weigh your hay. Um, weigh it when it's dry. If you're if you're soaking hay, weigh it when it's dry and you're looking for 1.5% of your horse's body weight in hay per day. Um, ideally, you want to know that, that that hay is low calorie 
Um, so what we're looking for there, if you send some away to a lab for testing, is that the ESC and starch are below 10%. We used to look at NSC, but the, the best numbers to look for in your lab report are the ESC, that's the ethanol-soluble carbohydrate, mm-hmm. and the starch level together. You want them to add up to less than 10%. Slow feeder hay nets are a good way of making that smaller amount of hay last for as many hours of the day and night as possible. Um, sometimes, again, depending on what your grass is like in terms of calories, and that largely depends on plant maturity in your pasture. The very short grass, some of those grass shorter than 10 or 15 centimetres is dangerous grass. Rapidly growing leaves are are you know, safe in moderation. Mm-hmm. Grass that has seed heads, if the horse is just going to go out there and pick the seed heads, that's pretty much like going and having a grain seed. And, you know, but, but dried off summer grass, for example, is is generally safer. So, you know, there's I, I can't give you any simple rules as to how much time your horse can spend grazing, but... If you are able to give your horse a little bit of grazing time, if it's not dangerously overweight and you can give some grazing time, you really don't want to be doing more than a few hours in the very early morning. Uh, So that's sort of, you know, pre-dawn to about 8 o'clock in the morning. Okay, okay. What about um, cows and sheep? You sort of think about grazing and do horses follow the cows and sheep through the paddocks? Yeah, so as long as that grass isn't too short, if you if mm-hmm. you've got cows or sheep or even even horses who are not overweight, let them have the first pick at the grass when yeah. the grass is really lush and yummy. Um, so you know, I'm talking when we've got that actively growing uh, leaf that's maybe getting up to twenty or thirty centimeters high. Let someone else run through there for a few days and pick out all the good bits before you let your your laminitis prone horses in on it. Okay. But only only if they're not going to be able to go in there and just eat short shoots. Okay. Now, you talked earlier about soaking the hay. Have you got any rules about how long you soak it for, hot water, cold water? I mean, obviously yeah. you drain, but, yeah, tell us a little bit about this. Yeah, so a way of, a way of reducing the calorie content of your hay, um, if you know it's a little bit high or if you haven't been able to test it, um, is to soak. This, the research shows that we can drop 25 to 45% of the water-soluble carbohydrates out of, out of hay by soaking it. Um, unfortunately, we lose some minerals when we do that as well, so we need to make sure we top those up. But the way to, the way to soak your hay is basically to pop, pop the 1.5% of your horse's body weight of hay in various low feeder hay net mm-hmm. and then soak that hay in there in hot water for about 20 or 30 minutes or if you've only got access to cold water you need about an hour and then it's really important to give it a good 10 to 15 minutes time draining before okay. the hay but before the hay net goes in with the horse make sure your horse can't get that draining water because it's just like cordial for ponies. It's, um, <laughs> it's going to be full of calories. Okay, okay. Now, I know it's very tempting to just 
leave your horses. You know, you think, oh, they're too fat, I'll just feed them what's a day. But what happens if you leave your horse for hours on end without food? What happens is that their body releases stress hormones that effectively tell all the fat cells in the body that um, we're in drought mode. Whatever you do, don't release any fat. So, so it's a little bit counterintuitive, isn't it? You would think if you lock your horse up and don't feed it, that it will live off its fat stores. But the horse's evolution has sort of taught the horse to say, whoa, we're in drought. We don't know when we're ever going to be fed again. So just shut everything down, slow metabolism down, conserve energy at all costs, and don't release any fat. So we need to be providing low-calorie forage to our overweight horses when they're locked up for as many hours of the day as we can without sort of exceeding that about 1.5% of the horse's body weight in hay. And I think that is one of the most, if not the most, challenging aspect to feeding especially small mm. laminitis crone ponies. It's one of the hardest one of one of the hardest things to do in <laughs> horse feeding, full stop. Okay. Okay. Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot off the press notification. That is that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 careers in the horse industry button to receive your free career book imagine maybe one day you could be a guest on horse chats now what sort of feeds should we avoid so we're definitely avoiding high starch and high sugar feeds for our overweight horses Um, and that includes lush grass short grass anything cereal based and and pretty much most hard feeds if we're going to provide the smallest number of calories we can to that pony without leaving it for hours on end with nothing to eat. We really have to make going through that horse forage because it is the lowest concentration of calories of feeds. The reason concentrates are called concentrates (laughs) is because they're concentrated sources of energy. So our hard feeds are going to be very, very limited and especially our cereal-based ones. So anything with wheat, barley, corn, oat, uh, mill run, um, mill mix, any of those, well, any of those cereal byproducts. Okay. We also really want to be avoiding cereal haze as well. So things like oat and, and wheat and barley hay are a, a no-no. Okay, okay. And I'm just thinking about the laminitis safe hard feed. Do we need them or not need them? So no. You know, if you've got an overweight horse and you're trying to get it to lose weight, then you don't need to be giving it a hard feed at all. And I know there's some really good products out there that have got a laminitis safe logo on them. They're fine for your horse when you um, are not worried about its weight. So when you're not trying to get it to lose weight, usually for when you are trying to get it to gain weight, often with these laminitis prone horses 
um, you can just relax your restrictions on roughage and they will they will get enough calories that way. But sometimes you do need to feed them a concentrate feed, a hard feed, and then that's the time for laminitis safe hard feeds is when you're trying to when you're trying to feed up a sensitive pony. Um, so you don't need the hard feed, but you do need to be giving the horse the vitamins, minerals, and omega threes that you need to balance okay. the diet. I, I should I should say too, um, if you're in a situation where you can't avoid higher sugar or high starch grass, or when it changes suddenly, say if there's frost around or something like that, and that makes the grass that makes you can add a hind gut buffer to the diet. So there are some there are some forms of protected bicarb that are really good. They're proven to actually get right through into the hind gut. And live yeast probiotics as well. Um, we do we do one called Pharmalogic Rejuvenate, and those live yeast are able to minimise the impact of. Um, the high sugars on the on the high gut population. Okay. okay. So, but buffers and live yeast are another tool to use. It, it, you know, when you're trying everything else and you just can't control something, just is beyond your control. Yeah, yeah. Now, these horses on a weight loss diet, that you know, what what minerals or you know, supplementation of minerals? What would you recommend? Just thinking about the mineral ratios across the band, the whole diet as a whole. Yeah, so the best the best way to make that decision is to actually send a sample of your hay away to a lab to get okay. to get the mineral levels tested. Yep. If you're soaking hay, what you would be best doing would be to send a dried out sample of your soaked hay so that the lab can have a look at what minerals are in there and then your nutritionist can help you figure out um, what's missing. So looking at the gaps between what your horse needs and what's in the hay that you're able to feed and then and then top up and balance the mineral ratios. Um, the equine vitamin range offers sort of low-calorie options for balancing the diet nice and easily. Um, and we've got mineral balancer pellets and premium balancer pellets too, so that allows you to just give a really, really small feed out of your hand rather than having to mix some powder through a, through a small hard feed. Okay. okay. If, if you do need to use a small hard feed for mixing your supplement powders through, choose something like um, Axi Soy is good, Soy Holes are good, um, or Speedy Beet or Microbeet or whatever brand of, of beet pulp, or even your, your Laminitis Safe, just a handful of your Laminitis Safe hard feeds. But those super fibre-based ones are good because just a little bit when you add water, they fluff up and mm. the, the supplements stick to them really nicely, and usually they're quite palatable. You can add a, some. Some of these little ponies will actually take their supplements in some loosened chaff, mm-hmm. and that's that's fine as well. If, if your pony, if your pony will sort of lick all the way to the bottom and not waste the not waste the goodies. Okay, okay. Now I know that you know we talked about omega three and omega six before, but tell us about. Omega-3s, what's omega-3s, what's omega-6, and how do you balance the levels between them? Okay, so when we talk about omega-3s, 6s, 9s, what we're talking about are polyunsaturated fatty acids, a a family of oils. Um, 
We need to have at least as many omega-3s in the diet as omega-6s to manage the general levels of inflammation in the, in the diet. When our horses are locked up and they're relying on hay and dry feeds only, their diets become very unbalanced and they have a high level of omega-6. Omega-6 is quite pro-inflammatory, so we need to just add enough omega-3s um, so that we can counter the, the pro-inflammatory pathways that the omega-6s trigger with some anti-inflammatory metabolic pathways. Um, interesting, we, you know, there's more and more research coming out in all sorts, in human nutrition and animal nutrition, about fats and, and especially omega-3 fats. And some of the science is showing that the marine-sourced forms, so that's your EPA and your DHA, mm -hmm. um, actually increase insulin sensitivity. Oh, wow. So often insulin... Yeah, it's fascinating. Often, often insulin resistance is part of the reason some of these ponies are so prone to laminitis and get overweight and hold their fatty deposits for so long. Just adding some omega-3s helps to improve their insulin sensitivity, which means that their metabolism becomes more normal and they use they use their fat stores more normally. Okay. Where do you get omega-3s from? Green plants are a source of, of the ALA form of omega-3 and so are linseeds and chia seeds and, and the oils from those plants. If you want the marine-sourced ones that, that are effectively more powerful in terms of, of influencing inflammation and insulin sensitivity, then you're looking at omega-3s that are produced either by algae or um, fish oil sourced. Okay. And then I know that you have a product, Pharmalogic Fat Pony. What does that do? And I'm thinking about, does it do anything for the hooves? So Fat, fat Pony is designed to be something that's useful in the preventative stages. Okay. It's got, okay. It's got a number of different natural anti-inflammatories in there. So it's got some, some DHA and EPA omega-3s in there. It's also got a specific prebiotic in there that, again, has been proven to help improve insulin sensitivity. So Fat Pony actually helps the horse's metabolism be more normal mm -hmm. when, it's, when it's running into insulin resistance and overweight problems. The reason we worry about inflammation, by the way, with these overweight horses is that, that fatty, those fatty deposits, that hard crest, is not just a fat. It's actually secreting um, secreting hormones that are increasing inflammation. So we really need to settle all that down so the body can be healthier. Um, we've also put into fat pony nutrients to support hoof and joint tissue repair. So things like biotin, um, antioxidants to help the cells cope with the effects of inflammation at a, at a cellular level. So it's, it's designed to be a, a useful thing before a horse does get laminitis, but if you're unlucky enough that the horse does develop laminitis, then Fat Pony has nutrients to help the horse recover. Okay. Okay. 
It's not a vitamin and mineral supplement, though, so it needs to be fed in conjunction yes. with a, a well-balanced, low-calorie diet. Okay. But sometimes it can just be, you know, again, just that one more tool in your toolkit for yes. managing a, a hard-to-manage horse, and sometimes it can make the difference between, um, you know, the horse being happy and healthy or tipping over the edge. Okay, okay. Now, Larissa, if people would like to contact you about managing their ponies, you know, they've got a laminitis risk and they want to minimise it, what can they do? How can they contact you? They, oh, I should say those details will be on Horse Chats anyway at the bottom of your page. So that's just horsechats.com, search for Larissa or search for Bilston and probably even search for laminitis and you'll probably find it when this post goes up. But what's the best way for them to contact you if they're contacting you direct? So either come to us through our Facebook Pharmalogic Equine page mm-hmm. and just message the, the Pharmalogic Equine Facebook page. We'll respond there or send an email through to larissa at pharmalogicglobal.com and I'll help you figure out some answers to help your pony. Perfect, perfect. Thank you, Larissa. I think um, well-timed, I think, for the time of year it is and, um, you know, just the grass is changing and everything else. But I think it's something that we've got to be watching all the time. We can't just say, well, the ponies will be right for most of the year and then a certain time of the year we, we worry about them. I think that, you know, you always just got to keep going. And if you, you do what we talked about first of all, and that's monitor those fatty deposits, especially the neck crest, and do that on a daily basis, you're going to minimise that risk straight away and then all the other strategies that Larissa talked to us about. Thank you for coming. <laughs> My pleasure. Larissa, you, you've been on. You've come and chatted to us. This is number six, I think. You know, you've certainly given us lots of good information and I think for someone that wants to go back and listen to them all, you know, 120, 382, 413, 444 and 610. Wow, Larissa. Okay, and this, this one will be on soon as well. So... I think go back and um, do that search and and listen to a few others and you'll find lots of information. Okay, Larissa, thank you, and we hope to talk to you again soon. Thanks very much, Glennis. Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate, and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below 